All right, everyone, welcome to episode 13 of Small Room. I am here with Robin Garrido and Gerald Gelatz. Um, let's start this off with a doozy. Uh, this is a question I always ask everyone. Uh, we'll go to you first, Robin, and then we'll pass it off to Gerald. Same question. Uh, what are you famous okay. for? Um, well, I wouldn't say I'm famous yet, uh, but, but, you know, me and Gerald, we're, we're always trying our best to make some, some great music and just represent the musical side of, of, you know, of Florida and Miami. Yeah, basically Robin said in, in a whole little summary, uh, just try to, try to be the best we can, you know, as in our crafts and our musics and uh, everything we can do. Yeah, so, so how, like, how's the musical efforts going? Well, yeah, right now, uh, you know, with all this free time that we have in this uh, state of quarantine, I guess, um, we've been spending many nights, um, sleepless nights, actually, on, on Zoom and Skype, just working together on lyrics and, and chord progressions and things like that. So, you know, big progress should be coming, you know, every day. Yeah, well, we stay we stay talking a lot, you know, about all the things that we can do. Uh, I I stay playing guitar every day, playing keys and everything, the piano. And uh, every now and then I come up with melodies and things and lyrics, and I show them to Robin to see what he thinks. Um, sometimes I record things on this microphone back there, you know, and uh, you know just make as many pieces as we can in this you know these times we're living the quarantine. We're, we have a lot of time to ourselves. You know, we can't really go outside and, you know, the whole social distancing thing. So I think uh, for a musician, an artist, any artist can be for anything, for acting. You know, it's, it's really good time to, you know, work on yourself and, you know, work on your own art and craft, honestly. So I think that's pretty cool, you know. Uh, now, you guys mentioned how you've been Zooming many sleepless nights, um, writing lyrics. Are you guys working on an album, EP, mixtape? What's the deal? I mean, uh, it's very possible that that you know we, we could be doing something like that i mean i it sounds like a good idea rounding up everything we have and putting it together into something and then releasing it somewhere that's always been the idea since the very beginning for the longest while you know people have heard rumors here and they're like oh gerald you know when when are you going to release a mixtape as they would say and I, i've been hearing that since like freshman year and i i don't think i've me personally have haven't gotten to doing anything like that Besides some covers I did on YouTube back in freshman year of the Beatles, you know, on, on SoundCloud, they're still there. Don't listen to them. I, I don't know why I haven't deleted it yet, but I think it's pretty bad. Um, uh, I just, I feel like the final product um, would be getting the song to a proper studio and proper people because I think, you know, I, I, I still don't have what I need to properly um, produce the songs that I have and get them to to sound what, how they sound like in my imagination. So uh, I think that's why I haven't really released anything personally. So, um, so what genre of music have you been working in? Um, uh, anything basically like in the, the range of like classic rock and things like that, you know? Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm honestly open to anything, especially I think Robin, uh, he's, uh, he's open to anything really doesn't matter yeah. as long as it's music and uh and then you know but i think uh i think classic rock might be uh where i'm most comfortable in anything that involves you know the beatles and 
all the 70s and 60s and the 80s and all that beautiful stuff. So I think that's where I'm most comfortable in. Uh, Gerald, I think also you could call what you what you make um, like I guess indie pop or or folk rock or whatever. Yeah. Um, but also, just wanted to add um, that I personally released a couple, you know, demo tracks on YouTube that are more like uh, just folk music, just acoustic guitar. And we have a bunch of friends that we're always working together with, like um, Alex Pagan and and Brian Mejia and Guillermo Subia and they've all been releasing their own their own great stuff so you know the goal is for everyone to combine their own their own tastes and their own backgrounds into just something new you know beyond genres I guess. exactly right and what artist um has influenced you the most uh, this will go to both of you well robin uh, well, well, personally, um, I'm always I'm always trying to expand on areas where I might not be so knowledgeable. So you know, recently, I realized I don't really listen to that much pop music. So I've been listening to like Carly Rae Jepsen and Charlie XCX and you know random things like that to just to catch up, I guess. Um, so you know, it depends. Like when I'm working with Gerald, obviously, it's more just things like uh, Tame Impala, The Beatles, The Beach Boys. So yeah, it just depends what genre you're in. Uh, for me, it's I'm, I'm really flexible with that kind of thing. Um, big inspiration would probably obviously have to be The Beatles. I mean, uh, it's probably since I was, I remember my dad would always tell me, that ever since I was in, you know, my mom's womb and everything before I was born, he would sing this one song by the Beatles called Old Darling. And every, you know, growing up, that was kind of our thing. He would sing it. He would sing one lyric and I would sing the other lyric back, you know. And I guess that's really stuck to me. And he'd, he'd always play me all those songs from, you know, Bee Gees, the Electra like orchestra and all that sort of stuff. That's kind of what I was raised around in. Um, not that I hate anything that's new or anything like that at all, you know, or that I don't like, I don't listen to it at all, but I definitely, that, that's kind of where my roots go, you know, that, that sort of music, you know, classic rock and everything. And, but right before freshman year, you know, in middle school, towards the end of eighth grade, I think the, what I really wanted to be was a movie director. And um, in that summer, going into freshman year, I picked up my dad's old guitar, you know, um, one that he found, he found at a Goodwill once and just kind of had it there. And I picked it up because I was bored. And I had recently started listening to the Beatles a lot more. And I was like, wow, this is... You know, I have a guitar here, you know, YouTube videos. And, you know, through that, I my first song I ever learned was Yesterday, How to Play Yesterday. And um, since then, it's it's been something almost natural to me. You know, I would pick it up and learn more songs. And one day I wrote my first song. You know, and since then, it's been all about music for me, I guess. So I think it's pretty good stuff. So um, where did you wow. learn to sing? <laughs> Um, to sing, I, I, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think I, I really learned to sing. Uh, it just, it just, you know, you just kind of do it. I, I, to, for me, at least, you know, I kind of did it. And I think over time, the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know, I don't, I don't know for Robin, if that's the case, you know. Yeah. Singing for anyone is mostly about confidence. Like everyone has some sort of voice, some kind of range. Uh, it can be, it can be deeper. It can be rougher 
can be brighter and softer, whatever. But as long as you develop, you know, comfort and confidence in, in your own voice, then it's just about working on it every day, if, if that's something you want to pursue. All right, all right. And, um, yo, I'm just gonna bring, I, I've been meaning to like bring this up in the interview. Um, yo, so craziest thing is last, like before we started heading into quarantine, uh, we were performing at the, all of us were performing at the Black um, Heritage Show. Yeah. Uh, you, you, Robin and Drilled, you guys were the ones, you guys were doing singing with, um, Rhonda. With Rhonda? Rhonda and Thomas. Yeah. And I was and I was doing speaking. Uh did you guys think that was gonna be like the last time you guys would like really perform at Gables or were there other events you thought you were gonna do? That was definitely not the last time, yeah. I think uh after spring break we were supposed to have this uh another show with the chorus, you know, and just then um the band you know everything we we're supposed to have another show just like the winter showcase we we're, we we're supposed to have a spring concert um and we were you know we were gonna sing there and then probably gonna have in between more spanish band things and um we we're supposed to do mr coro gables again apparently it's never happened unfortunately and i there is definitely other stuff that was supposed to happen but never did we think that was gonna be the last time we were gonna you know as coro gable students you know sing there so and, and like you said, for Spanish band, there were so many songs that we that we started, you know, uh, oh, yeah. practicing and learning mm -hmm. that never we never got to show to anyone. Uh, whose idea was it for the Spanish band? Uh, <laughs> well, you know, it, it, I would definitely have to say Mr. Sanchez, uh, Madrigal, because um, you know it all started when. Like, none of us even knew who Mr. Sanchez was last year. I, I didn't even know he was a teacher or what he taught <laughs> until I saw him performing Guantanamera at that, that one Hispanic Heritage show. But, you know, I didn't really think much about it. And then, um, you know, our good friend Joaquin Beerman, who uh, was apparently on the board for the Spanish Honor Society, just came up to me and he was like, you know, Mr. Sanchez has this, has this idea um, to just play Hispanic music and spread the culture with your instruments. And I was like, oh, well, there you go. And, and that's it, you know? None of us really had the idea originally. Yeah, it just kind of got like, to Yeah, it, it just kind of happened. I, there was a like, little confusing story, a little something that happened during the year about like the origins of the Spanish band. Because no, I, I don't think Mr. Sanchez even knew it was kind of like an idea he came up with and and he never knew it was going to be such a i guess big thing you know such a great idea after all and i remember robin robin told me about it i think like at the end of last year and then the beginning of this year he reminded me again you know that it was for sure happening and we had our first you know if i wanted to do it obviously i did want to do it i want to be a part of it i want to be a part of everything and um we had our first gig at the club fair um that was pretty fun that was pretty good so yeah it's yeah, that club fair was really fun. Oh my god, I remember that club fair. Oh, dude, that was honestly, I think, the best club fair ever. Uh, for those of you listening, uh, watching, uh, the club fair was normally outside in the in the pavilion, 
uh, but because of construction taking up so much space within that area being enclosed, it had to it had to be moved from the pavilion inside the gymnasium. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, because it's outside and there's less space, it's going to be, like, less fun. But, no, it actually ended up being more fun. And the reason why is because I think since we were all enclosed in such a little area, all the clubs kind of got to interact and have fun with each other. Yeah, I, I almost completely forgot that previous years it was, it was like outside. And, you know, we were, like, the first year why we had to do it inside and everything. And, yeah, I, and I guess that gave us a better spotlight because since it was such a small area, I guess we sounded louder. And we were kind of like in the front, I guess you can say, just kind of spreading that Spanishness, you know, and the Spanish band and the chorus club was next to us and whatever. So, you know, we, it was kind of like a, a stage and then, you know, the audience was really cool. Really cool. Stuff. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know if you guys remember this, but like the engineers had their robots and we started playing with the robots and then the robots yeah. started interacting with the troop kids. Like, oh my God. Yeah, that, Dude, was that, cool. that, was su- that was such a fun time. Uh, yeah. So what songs did you perform at the club fair? Um, like- well, since it was the beginning, you know, um, we didn't, we only had a few weeks or months to start practicing. We just kept it simple and we did like Guantanamera and La Bamba, yeah. which are just like three chord songs. And uh, I think on top of that, we did, um, what else? Uh, La Bamba, Guantanamera, and then we're supposed to, we, I, I think we performed it once, this song, Tomas uh, Alhambra, I think it was. This is like any rock yeah, song. Yeah, the, the, the song by Enhambre. I forgot what it's called. Oh, yeah, yeah, that exact. And I think we, we did one by, one by Natalia La Frucade. Yeah, some, some other, some cool stuff, Spanish culture, you know, tried different genres, you know, of Spanish we did there. Yeah, and we then just kept it, it simple. Yeah, towards the end, it kind of turned into a little karaoke night because people started grabbing the microphone. Some random people, hey, can I, yo, can I play your guitar? <laughs> it, got re- it, got, it got really interesting towards the end. Um, uh, yeah, we, we almost got canceled there. You know, they're, they're, they're like, pull the plug. Everybody go back to class, you know. But uh, it was very, very cool stuff, nonetheless, yeah. Yeah. Um, so how did you guys prepare for um, the Hispanic Heritage Show? Before you guys answer, uh, I... For those listening who don't know, um, once a year in October, um, Gables does this heritage show where Hispanic culture and talents are highlighted. Uh, how did you guys prepare musically for that? Um, uh, for the for the heritage show, it was just, I mean, we we got passes. I think it was during our eighth period. We we're like, you know, we went to every every single one of our teacher. We picked up. The members and we were like all right so we're going to the band room i'm going to do this this we're going to do these songs learn these chords and we're going to do like this and i think that's kind of the way it went you know and i think the fact that the the fact that jose jose just passed away yeah like a few a few days or weeks before that we just like knew what song we had to do mm-hmm. like um it wasn't it was like other perfect. times where we had to think about it and argue about like we should do this song or that song it was just like everyone was on the same page Everyone knew what instrument they had to play. And yeah, so the Hispanic Heritage Show was probably the most straightforward in terms of practicing and all that. Straightforward and probably the most, I think, the peak of our performances. That was the best one, I think, definitely. Because it was, um, and we had we, we had a drummer, which we usually didn't have. It was just random percussionists all over the place. And um, we, had, we had the cello. And it, it was just, it, it all sounded so great. We did... 
really well. It sounded really well. You know, in the moment, it was kind of like, whoa, what's going on? People started taking out their phones with the lights and we're like, is this really happening right now? And then after, you know, after time, we keep rewatching the video and we're like, wow, that compared to everything else, that was pretty good. We actually, I, I don't know how, Robin even says, like, I, he doesn't even know how he played the piano that well. Like, he was, he, he watches the video. He's like, I can't even do that now. I don't, I don't even know yeah. what happened. I don't remember what I, I was doing. And I have a very, very fond memory that as soon as we ended, I looked to, to my right and I just see Kovas is running out with a sombrero and some bongos on a lunch box, a little lunch box attached to his backpack. And uh, that was just amazing. I think that that completed the performance. Oh, did that? He got, he, he got into some trouble after that, though. But. Oh, my God. Yeah, there was some controversy there. Oh, dude. All right. For those yeah. listening who don't know, um, most of you don't. Um, so, like, the list of the day of everyone who was who was supposed to perform, there was a list. And for some reason, you know, I was on the list and I was put on special note because I guess they got my name mixed up because I was one of the board members. And I was like, um, all right, I'll just, like, be in the background with Robin, Gerald, Tomas Cameron and everyone else, you know, doing their thing. I won't, I won't play an instrument because Keeper, I don't know how to play an instrument. I'm going to get a bongo and I'm just going to, I'm just going to chill. And, uh, and right, like, I was confused. I was trying to say, I was like, all right, this is our plan. We're going to do, we're going to do that. And, um, you know, I, since I wasn't part of the audition, like I wasn't like allowed to be in the stage and I wasn't allowed to come out. But by the time the like the performance had started, I was in the background watching like Robin and Gerald from the backstage, and I went back there to get my stuff before they started. But I was too late to come out, and I couldn't be in the back the entire time. So once they ended, like I was just like I got my book bag, I got all my stuff, I started like rushing, and then like, I, like I started playing the bongos and stuff, and I just like tried to dip as fast as possible. Um, <laughs> there were some people who thought it was disrespectful for some reason. Like, they were like, oh, this is supposed to be, like, a tribute to this musician who just died, and you're going to ruin it. And I was just like, no I mean, the song had ended already. The song had ended. I mean, there's... And yeah, we, it was perfectly he, timed. He had to make an appearance and a, some sort of cameo, and it was just, I think it was perfect. And I wanted to go out from the back, but the thing was, at the time, there was construction going on from the, from the back of the auditorium, so I really couldn't exit out that way. So my only way to actually leave was through the front. So I, I didn't want to go through the middle of the song. Like, you guys were done, and you guys were about to move, and I was like, all right, now's my time, and I, and I go out. Um, the, vi- the video is actually on YouTube, Domas Porter's Comeback. You know, if you want to see Kobas come out, then, yeah, if you type right. in Domas Porter's Comeback on YouTube, you're going to see the video, our performance, and then towards the end, you can see little Kobas running out, or right. big Kobas at that, you know, beautiful. Domas Porter Comeback. We're actually going to pull this up. Um... All right, right. it's Tomas without an H, right? Right. Yeah. Wait, can I can I just ask? um, Yeah. Like, who was the one who put everyone's name on the on the list for performances? I don't know, Robin. I'm just gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it 100 with you. I don't know. Are you sure it's Tomas Porter's comeback? Because like I I type it up and all I see are like videos of uh thomas the tank engine oh wait i found yeah, it I'll, I'll send i'll send you the link now no i got yeah. it i got it you uh, let it. me oh, you, you found it you found it yeah i found it because i forgot to put like the the s um there so you see this is what happened this is what i saw and then i just add this this little thing here 
And yeah, that, I was about, I was about to say make sure you uh, yeah there you go. Let's mute that so we don't get copyright strike because you guys are playing a, a little song. It's I, you won't get copyrighted for. I don't think we would get copyrighted. Yeah, I mean, if anything, we're the ones that can put a copyright on it. And we're not gonna do that. Keep it like right there. Yeah. There should be a little. Just the last few seconds. All right, I, I'm just yeah, muting yeah. it. All right. Okay. There. There you go. <laughs> And Wait, I'm like, kind of the only one who noticed it, and I started laughing. Yeah, I thought I, I thought I look from this perspective, it, it doesn't it, like it looks like I'm like pretty obvious, but I think from like because I was like in the side of the auditorium. Yeah. So I think I was like pretty like pretty <laughs> pretty like nonchalant about it. Like yeah. I was I was trying to like find which way to exit. Like mm -hmm. like my heart was beating, and I just started playing the bongos. All right. Uh, let's, Beautiful. It was pretty sneaky. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do I? Um, sorry, I'm just trying to like end the 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 share screen thing. It says uh, it's just say end share like on the little. Stop thing. Sure. Yeah. Can, there. there you go. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, I would say like on a scale of one to ten, the amount of trouble I got in was like five. Now I had like I had a talk with Mr. Sanchez at the end, but like I I clarified. I said I won't do it again. Yeah. Like I because he. Cause he trusted me enough to give me the position I was in for Mr. For Spanish Honor Society. And I was representing them for Mr. Coral Gable. So like, I didn't want any of this, like, I didn't want to, you know, of course. Seemed like I was coming off like, Oh, I, I apologized. And, and I meant it. Uh, I probably shouldn't have gone on stage and left my stuff. Yeah. Yeah. At first I thought it was him who put you on the list. Cause you know, since you were kind of performing with us at the club fair, you had like, this acoustic guitar, just strumming and singing along. I don't think he was the one who put me on the list, though. I think it was just somebody else who put me on the list. And they just got a list of all the board members and put them on special note. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah that makes that more sense. Too. That works, too. Yeah. Yo, Gerald. Yeah. Yo, I don't, I don't know, bro. Do you remember, though? Hey, Jude. Yeah. Right, yeah. From Mr. Coral Gables? Yeah. I remember I it was, yeah. Yeah. Would you say that was your best memory of senior year or no? Senior year was the most memory filled year out of all of high school, definitely. I don't know what it was. It's probably just the fact that I was like in the VZ Spanish band and then I got to be part of Mr. Coral Gables and there was just so much that happened. But I have to definitely say that was, that is one of my fondest memories, not only senior year, but in high school. You know, because it was really cool. We had finished, you know, setting up for the chorus, you know, for because we had a, a winter show that night. And uh, hey, Joe, can you play a song on the piano? I was like, I mean, sure, whatever. Remember, I, I, the first one, I played the first chords to When I Was Your Man. And all the people, oh, my God. And they all started singing. They got the mic. They started singing. It was, it was and then I, I forgot the rest of the chords. So then I, I'm like, I'm like, all right, let me play this one because I know they're, they're definitely going to dance along to this. So I started playing Hey Jude. Messias captured that famous video of everyone singing along. And I think that that was really cool, honestly. I, I have to say, you know, definitely one of my fondest memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember that day. Um, like, we were just, like, messing around. And it, and the most beautiful thing was it just happened spontaneously. Like, it wasn't, like, pre-planned. Because, like you said, yeah. we, had to, we had to prepare for, mm -hmm. for the show. And, mm -hmm. and you here's the thing like that wasn't the first or even the second song we played we throw we gave you like a bunch of suggestions yeah yeah until yeah, there's there was a couple of things that we played i can't even remember uh 
think uh, one of them was Runaway. Oh yeah, right, 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 right. Because I, I, like the little, little piano, little two notes, yeah. Yeah. But, <laughs> but yeah. All right, uh, I'm gonna email the video now. I don't care if this. I don't think this one's gonna get copyright strike, but like, mm -hmm. but I, I think it's just such a beautiful video that it's definitely, yeah. it's definitely worth uh, sharing. Uh, yeah. Now, Robin, um, yeah. I was actually very saddened when I found out that you couldn't be a part of Mr. Core Gables. I think you and Leo, like th those were two people who I definitely think were like, bro, the system's messed up. You two should have been a part of it. Well, I appreciate that. But um, I mean, in the end, it was still amazing just to be able to, you know, support and cheer along and hold all those posters, you know, be there with my friends and, and just see Gerald get, you know, placed as high as he did. It was still really cool. I can't complain. I think I... They took, they took a lot of effort and time making these. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. I still, I still have it because, you know, it's a good memory to remember and all that sort of stuff. And, um, I mean, I really... I, I did not find myself worthy of Mr. Corey Gables and that whole idea. I remember when they gave me and Robin the papers, I was in I was like, me? Mr. Coral Gables, because I used to think of Mr. Coral Gables as a beauty pageant. You know, like we we're guys would just walk around shirtless. Oh, he wins. He gets the most votes, blah, 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 blah. But that was definitely not, not the case at all. I got to meet a lot of awesome people. And we had, I mean, like that whole group of guys, the group chat is still alive. I mean, wow. What a cast of characters, honestly. I, I think that was really cool. So. I, I'm saddened that we never got to, to do, like you mentioned it earlier in this interview, where we were supposed to do this big interview. And, you know, this was the first time it would have ever happened because in the past, like this, this wasn't a thing, but Miss Diaz liked us so much. And, like mm -hmm. we were vibing so hard that all of us were vibing with the Gableettes so hard that Miss Diaz was like, hey, you guys wanna, you guys wanna perform the opening dance for the Gableette review in April? And all of us instantly was like, yep, 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 yep. And, you know, was, I thought, I thought we were going to pull up, but then that one guy in China had to eat that bat. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we had the opportunity to do it again at Bridge for Peace somehow. Like, I don't know who pulled up that music, but we kind of did, like, I think it was kind of, did we do the whole thing that day in Bridge for Peace? or? Uh, we did uh, the whole opening uh, act. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the opening dance we did, you know, kind of, you know, whatever. And, and then, um, then the day after during Valentine's serenades, we went and serenaded Miss Diaz, which was really cool. And um, yeah, it was, I think tw class of 2020, the, the Mr. Core Gables 2020 was pretty memorable. And I think we're gonna, hopefully we're, we, we, we remain as the most memorable Mr. Core Gables. I don't think, I don't think I there's gonna be a Mr. Core Gables this year though. That's the thing. Oh like, yeah. Like on a scale of one, on to 100 on percentage, the chances that there's a Mr. Coral Gable sissy are like 5%. Yeah. And that's like best case. That's best case scenario where a vaccine is found by October and then school opens up by the, by the beginning of November. But here's what I predict. And, you know, I'm not, I, I don't usually brag, but my predictions are fire. I'd say like eight out of 10 times uh, they're correct, but. You're a prophet, Kovas. <laughs> Anyway, um, the, the prediction is that 
right now we're for sure for sure for sure the kids in mdcps are going to spend the first quarter online that's already out of that's already out of it right Mm -hmm. and it's going to depend on the kids are going to go back in the second quarter if a vaccine is found within october or november but here's what's going to happen right based on the trends that i see i think there's they're going to find a vaccine sometime in spring but the earliest 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 is going to be in the middle of the second quarter right and and if that happens where they find it in the middle of the second quarter which is best case scenario like november there's not going to be a Mr. Coral Gables. Because yeah, because we because I don't know if you remember, but last year we had to start filing the applications in mm-hmm. the beginning, in the middle of October. So let's just say mm-hmm. everyone gets back to school in the middle of November, December. Like that's that's already too late. There, there can't be a Mr. Coral Gables. And plus there'd be concerns about the number of people in the auditorium. So I don't yeah. think there's going to be a Mr. Coral Gables this year. I hate to say it, but... You're probably right, but couldn't they also postpone it? Like, obviously, if if it won't be able to be in November or December, then just have it like at the end of the year. No, you're right. They could definitely do that, but I, I mean, I I see Mr. Core Gables as more of a winter thing, so I don't know why they would want to like change it, like change it up that much, because because either one of three things is going to happen. Everyone's going to go back to school the second quarter, and that's best case scenario, and that's if they find a vaccine in the middle of the first quarter. Um, they find a vaccine in the middle of the second quarter, and what do you call it? Everyone goes back, like, after the first two quarters are, are online, everyone kind of goes back second half of the year. And since everyone is still in such a state of shock, the rest of the year is just basically like a kind of like a serious moment where no one just does anything and all the teachers are like, everyone's still walking on eggshells. And then if they fi- if they don't find a vaccine by the end of the second quarter, it's a wrap for the school year in person. Yeah. And and then they'll just say transition to fully online in person. But you know, I'm definitely glad we got to do it this year. And um, I have the clip of Hey Jude pulled up here. <laughs> That brings back memories, right? Yeah, that, that was probably the most beautiful moment that we had in Mr. Coral Gables, like in the, in the practicing, because I think it wasn't always, it, it wasn't only us, it was also the Gable lads, and we were all kind of together sleeping along, and I think that was pretty cool, pretty cool bonding. And I think that's why, that's one of the main reasons why we were so memorable, because we weren't just there to do the thing and to move on, you know, we, we stuck together, we, we literally became one big friend group. And I think that that's the spirit of the whole Mr. Coral Gables, you know. I think that that's what should be passed on from now on. It's more than just a little, you know, the pageant show that I thought it was. It's actually a time where we all come together as friends and, you know, and have a fun time, honestly. So, Honestly, I think we need to do a Mr. Coral Gables reunion party. Um, I mean, like, Zoom wouldn't be the most ideal place to do it, I think. But if if this thing is still going on like after like November, December, which it probably will be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're going to have to do it through zoom or we could wait when coronavirus ends and we all like pull up. Does that sound like a fire idea? 
I yeah, definitely. I think it would be kind of insane if we got everyone from that video on a Zoom call, like, and then you know have it out as a little podcast or something. I think that would be uh, explosive. Oh my god, that'd be so fire! If you're if you're able to pull that Cobus, then bravo. All right. Um. So one. I just so, want to say. Go. Yeah, I I thought it was hilarious when when you guys walked into the bedroom to film Gerald's commercial. And uh, oh, yeah. there was like a substitute teacher that was like, no, no piano, please. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, well, thank you again, Kobus. Uh, if For those who don't know, Kobus did actually make my commercial. He edited it, he filmed it, because it was kind of a last minute thing and I didn't have time to do it myself, unfortunately. I think Kobus, the, the hero himself, Kobus, came to the rescue and, uh, and I really thank him for that. And um, yeah, it was a really cool video, but really fun to do. Thing to do you know um, we had a sub that day like robin said and he was being a little stubborn i guess he, he's that substitute that gets his phone and like has it like three inches <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't know why he does that he, he kind of sits down he's like and i, I don't know why uh needs new glasses or something but um he was there he was like no no piano today no you sound terrible and i was like sorry man i gotta i gotta do this and um yeah thank you Kobus, for, for Helping, helping me make that video. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna like, I'm not o- only saying this because I'm the one who edited, edited the commercial, but also just because I think it's true. Like, out of all the commercials, definitely yours was top five. Oh, well, thank you. Well, thank you, literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a cool commercial. Yeah, and I liked how like you played all the instruments. Oh, thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Oh. Right. Rob, Alex, you do that um, too. Where did, where did the idea come from for um, your for your commercial? Oh, for you're like, Yeah, it was, you were supposed to be Mr. Spanish Honor Society, and you're just yeah. dancing to to come and get your yeah. love. <laughs> right. Every teacher. Well, I would actually play that commercial. It's one of my most proud edits. However, copyright strike. I'm, I'm not going to... I'm not gonna, but basically, like Robin said, it's just me dancing around to come and get your love. Now, the idea was I was I always wanted to dance to a song and dance like just happy and stuff. And you know, a bunch of songs came into my head. Um, one of them was like a Spanish song because I wanted to incorporate a Spanish theme into the into the music. Like one of them was La Bamba, and the other one was one by Tommy Oriencia. And Cuba no falta nada. But then I ultimately stuck to Come and Get Your Love because I saw the movie, movie Guardians of the Galaxy. And in the beginning of the movie, Star-Lord is dancing yeah. to Come and Get Your Love with his headphones and he's just dancing really badly. And I figured it would be an homage to Come and Get Your Love. And that's why it's 60 seconds of me just dancing, just going to random teachers. And that's why the font is Guardians of the Galaxy and everything. Yeah, I th- but I think the question that Robin was asking, you know, mine had to do with music because I'm Mr. Divisi, but there is no correlation to Spanish fan, I think, in your video. <laughs> I think that's what, what he was referring to, but nonetheless... I'm not complaining. Video. Yeah, yeah, nonetheless, it was a beautiful video. Oh, no, 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 I don't deny that. I think, I think like, n- almost none of our commercials had any, like, just all of us as a whole yeah. had any correlation to, to our... Uh, to our... Um, club we were representing i think the only ones were your was your music was your video um anthony's and andres's because andres was just playing baseball right 
Right. I, but definitely, obviously, uh, Andres' video was also really good. They were all really good videos, you know, but definitely Anthony's just takes the crown in total. I think I agree with you on that course. Uh, that, that, that was just amazing. Like, the whole, the whole idea of it was beautiful. So honestly. I think, honestly. He did save Little Caesars. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, uh, last question. Um, what do you guys want to be known for? Robin? Um, like in the future or like, like long-term or short-term? I guess long-term. Um, long-term, just, uh, just, I guess I, I would want to be known for just being generous and uh, and having a positive cultural impact, you know, if that's even if it's not music, like it could just be, um, you know, some kind of activism or or leadership and charity things like that, and just teaching others for the future, you know, simple things like that. I don't have, I don't really plan ahead, like you know, I don't. There's no huge ambitions, I guess. Um, basically, the same same answer Robin said. Um, I, you know, the, there are goals. There's there's certain I guess dreams that I have. Obviously, if, if it's becoming whatever famous musician or whatever it is, um, you know, and people always tend uh, to have. They always want a legacy after you know they're gone. You know, like and you know whatever that legacy was. And, you know, it, it, for, like Robin said, it has to do with uh, just being a, a extremely, try to be as humble as I can and just generous and just good, a good person in general, you know, be, treat, I, I, I want to treat everyone well and good, you know, and whenever, whenever I do have a family, I want to be the best um, example I can be, whether if it's a father figure, brother figure, friend figure, whatever it is, I want to be the best example I can possibly be um in life so yeah right. definitely um, also, also yeah probably. yeah also if if we're just sticking to music here um then i would say um having like some kind of impact on the way music looks in general like like there's some artists that show up and they just kind of set a new standard for what the mainstream or what um, a certain scene, local scene would be like. So in terms of a musical future, it would just be like, you know, something groundbreaking and uh, you know, just being interested in what you're doing artistically. Definitely, definitely the same, same thing. It just, I make some sort of change, you know, be known for something, right? Be different from every creative, and and they you know make something that's not, do something that's never been done before, in music, that would be an incredible thing to do, and really just deliver the definition of emotion through music. All right, um, it's been great to have you guys on, but as you know, all great things must end. Um, you guys have been wonderful guests for the thirteenth episode of Small Room. Um, stay Thank safe. You. Thank you so much, Alex. You too, Colas. Thank you for having us, man. God bless, man. God bless. If you really like this episode, please subscribe or whatever it is you do on whatever platform you're listening to this podcast to add me and make sure that you're 
available and you can see when future content is uploaded. Thank you. Bye.